I have two uh, distractions, and then we'll talk about the things we're actually here to talk about that people pay for uh, in their membership uh, thing. Uh, so have we already talked about, we, we have, uh, the subreddit, uh, we want plates. Yes. Yes. So there's two things that came up over the past month Uh, that were very troubling. So the first, this one is the least offensive. So I'm going to, you're going to describe this while I buy time to find the one that I think is more relevant to this show. But this, yeah. So what, what are, what are we, what are we looking at here? So we're looking at one great thing and one terrible thing. So the great thing... There, there is no redeeming quality to this unless there's like fries off camera. So please tell me what's great about it. I happen to be a big mozzarella stick fan. Oh, Not, no. can't tell you. I can't tell you the last time I had one because, you know, I'm 31 now and can't really eat stuff like that. But... Wait, whoa, 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 whoa real time follow. Why? Wait, what do you mean? Is this a heartburn thing? Uh, I mean that and just, you know, like I just can't eat crap nonstop anymore. Like maybe I used to be able to. You certainly can. If you just don't feel good afterward. I think, <laughs> I think you physically can ingest it. Sure. Sure. Um, but I, I, I do, I do enjoy a good mozzarella stick. So that's the good thing here. The bad thing here though, is they are inside of a, a small bowl, which that's kind of odd. But even stranger, that bowl is inside of a yellow-colored crock, which maybe some are not familiar with this. This is a... I think people know what plastic shoes are. <laughs> like a, yeah, a plastic sort of like sandal shoe hybrid thing, which... Are, are these meant to be like a kid's shoe and maybe like a senior shoe? No, I, I mean Merlin has them. Like I, I think people, <laughs> I think people unironically have Crocs. Like I think it's an all ages thing. Just like the people who have um, the the shoes or the sandals with the individual toes. Like I think it's it's just a thing on purpose. Okay. I don't think it's I don't think it's uh like the like little you know the shoes that light up when you walk. I think those are exclusively a kids thing, and I don't think they ever made uh, adult Heelys. You know the ones that had the wheels where all the kids got injured. <laughs> Our uh, you know our middle school banned those. Uh, they also <laughs> banned freaking whatever that was, but I wasn't cool enough to know what that was at the time. <laughs> um, man, where is the thing I'm looking for? Yeah, keep keep buying time. I gotta find this because this, this is the whole reason we're talking about this. Yeah, so the croc thing's upsetting. Yeah, so I, I'm uploading this photo into the notes so people can uh, so people can see this. So, well, I'll, I'll title this uh, mozzarella sticks in crocs we'll we'll be we'll be kind of literal with it which kind of kind of makes it funny i think actually yeah um i assume this reddit thread must just be kind of it's reddit.com slash r slash we want plates it is one million percent uh uh worth subscribing to oh my god where is it okay i'll just dis- mm. this is gonna be really upsetting Damn it. I'll, I'll bring it up later in the show because I, I don't want to describe it because it's going to be it's going to ruin the entire thing. So I don't cut out any of that silence. That's it's that's all gold. So no. Oh, yeah, no, we'll we'll definitely we'll we'll leave all that in. Okay. Actually, I'll, I'll talk about it while we're talking about our next thing. So this is and I know you probably don't want to talk about this because this was uh, this got immediate pushback when I put it in, in, in the slack. Um, There's an article that somebody wrote on BuzzFeed about um, 
well, actually, Friends isn't a good show. You remember this? I do. Okay. So I'm not going to harp on that much, except to say, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 it wasn't a show that I was plugged into as a kid. Like, did, when did, did you, you, did you ever watch it when it was actually on? Because like by the time you could actually understand the jokes, I assume it was probably like in its eighth season because it debuted in like 1992 or something. Yeah, I started watching it live. Um, I don't know what season it was in, but I want to say that I was maybe, well, we'll, we'll say like late 90s, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I liked it. It was I, I was never like obsessed or anything, but but I enjoyed it. Yeah, I think um, the reason I bring it up because I, I think the article that um, is it was on in BuzzFeed, and you can you can put a link in the notes. I know you might not want to, but it was. I think it made a lot of valid points. Um, it's not a show I loved, um, and I think a lot of the humor uh, doesn't hold up. But I mean, yeah, whatever. But the reason I bring this up is that are there? Do you think there are shows that you used to like that? in 2019 times really don't hold up or are um on further reflection extremely problematic and not in like a super hypersensitive politically correct sense but just kind of a ooh that wasn't really funny at the time i have examples if you don't but can you think of any this isn't a comedy but lost oh uh, i'm i'm vaguely familiar what was what was what's the problem with that one it, it it was a mess from a story perspective, and it the the tail end of it was kind of in like the early Twitter days. But the the early parts of the show, especially the middle section, which really went off the rails, was was kind of in that pre pre instant reaction pre Twitter world. And I think I mean like you you're familiar with the kind of the blowback that the last season of Game of Thrones received this year. Like Lost would have just gotten that through basically its last five seasons, and it just it just would have been nonstop. And I think there's actually a scenario where, because of that, the show might not have lasted as long as it did. Okay, like yeah, I would say like hmm. I, I I can see where you're saying that in a different uh, critical environment it might be different, but I'm I'm talking about more about the humor. So I guess I'll bring up a couple of examples. Well, I mean, is there? I mean, I guess. In, I mean, in general, I I I would almost think the flip side of that question would be easier to answer. I mean, how many shows that are twenty, thirty years old that were comedies still hold up today? It's got to be a pretty short list. I I mean, hold up in terms of it still being um, acceptable. Like, cause I, I, that's always the joke of like modern day Seinfeld. Like, where if if people had cell phones, every plot of Seinfeld would be like not funny or solvable within 20 seconds and that's the whole point of like so many movies back in in like the uh the heyday of the 80s and 90s where it almost always would just like it's all just like this misunderstanding that the fact that people don't have phones is why um is why it works but i mean did you ever watch home improvement yes that's a show that uh very bad if you if you ever watch it today right i mean i haven't seen it since it was actually on TV, at which time I, I really liked it. So I, I, maybe this is a little bit of a sidebar, but I sort of, I purposefully don't go back to things like that. So like, like I, same thing with um, like video games fall into this category too. I mean, not, not that like I have all this spare time to check out old video games, but like I would never really want to 
go back and play games that I have like fond memories of as a kid, like GoldenEye on the Nintendo 64 would be a really good example of a game that I was just totally obsessed with at the time that I just, I wouldn't want to go back and play that now because I feel like I just, you know, would be kind of like, there'd be bits of nostalgia, but like overall I would probably just be kind of like disappointed with like, why is this only running at like 20 frames a second? And (laughs) you know, yeah, I, I think we're approaching the question from different sides. Um, yeah, uh, hmm. so you you think approaching stuff that so you 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 will never enjoy old video games because i because like i can like play um uh original super mario brothers on an nes emulator like all day and i still think that's uh moderately amusing and that's the furthest i get into like gaming well i mean that's getting into somewhat of a specific nuance with retro games where 2D games have aged better. So like games of the original Nintendo and Super Nintendo era have actually aged pretty well. And actually that type of art style has actually even come back a bit in newer games. Whereas like the early 3D games of like the original PlayStation and Nintendo 64 era haven't really aged as well. So that's that's kind of a specific video game thing. But I guess that the general point I'm making is things that I have really really fond memories of i i don't i don't i don't i just don't go back to them because i I just know they're not going to be the same as they were in my you know fond recollection okay i i I will drop this topic very soon but i i I take your point and actually think that's a good point stuff that you had a strong attachment to holding it to closer scrutiny is probably not worth it that is absolutely right but stuff that was just kind of there and at the moment was enjoyable is more of what I am talking about. Like, so the three the three examples, so again, Home Improvement, meh, whatever. But the other two, did you ever watch the show How I Met Your Mother? No. Okay. It's a very, very bad show that people really, really liked Neil Patrick Harris for. Um, and it's, uh, like, post-Me Too, a really, really, really bad show. Um, and then also 24, which I think we both watched for a couple of seasons. And then also, in in hindsight, not great. I was, I was actually going to bring up 24 as another example of a show that at the time I was really, really into. I think I, I, I started catching up after maybe like the third season. So I kind of binged watched the first, I don't know, three or four seasons, whatever it was. I think there was like one day and keep in mind this is like early high school days like pre having a job and everything where i just had infinite amounts of free time i think i watched like eight episodes in one night or something crazy but I, I, there's no way i could watch that show now it would just it would be bad yeah and again with the shows that i bring up it's not that the storytelling doesn't hold up or that maybe tv has evolved i think it's just that socially politically and just with this like i don't know i just think upon further inspection uh more problematic than enjoyable you know what i really really worry about the most with that is the west wing because that's actually the only tv series i've ever gone back and watched from start to finish twice i've never never done that with any other tv show and i feel like particularly after this most recent administration, that that would just be a hard show to go.
go back to. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think The West Wing is probably a pretty durable show. I I just, yeah, I don't know. Well, I think, but because I think then you're saying that because of political incivility and gridlock and the fact that we're just, this is just like this weird hyper-factionalized country that I think just every political show that showed disagreement at any level of normalcy and um, what's it like reaching across the aisle, like all of those don't hold up because that's not a reality anymore. What's the name of the guy? So there's been a lot of Brexit news recently. What's the name of the guy that just keeps yelling, order, order? Who's he? What's his title in, in uh, Parliament? I don't know, but that was a half-decent impression. Oh, that was a, that was a dead-on impression. <laughs> um, so yeah, like that, that kind of stuff. Wow. Uh, and going back to the Taylor Swift thing, how, how, how long does it take for uh, London Boy to be used as like Boris Johnson's like walk-up theme song or something? Whenever he tries to campaign for snap elections, even though that went away. I like when you refer to going back to something that was before we started recording. It probably must throw people off. But I, I like that. You keep people on their toes. Again, people who have the premium membership to this thing, they have secrets <laughs> lacking access. Uh, you can sign up for that at I don't know what our website is slash members. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll send you a t-shirt. Uh, oh, do we, do we have t-shirts? Uh, yeah, it says uh, pod save. I mm. also I can't wait for that to be problematic too, because the pod save America people are basically Bernie Bros, right? I honestly I'm quite disconnected from all of that, so I couldn't tell you. Moving on, okay. So real time follow up slash really important stuff. So if that ended up being a garbage segment, you can erase it. But I think it was probably worth it. Okay, so yeah, this we'll, is the, we'll, we'll cut most of this out. This is the important part. So this this if you want to reorganize the entire show, this is what it is. This is upsetting. This ruined my week. Um, okay, so I'm looking at the thing. Are we going back to... Is this the thing you were looking for This earlier? is the thing I could not find. Okay, so yeah, we'll, we'll, cu- we'll cut all this together. People, people won't know. No, no, that's... It, it, this is like the m- uh, movie Memento. It's got to be all like told out of time. That's the thing. Although not to uh, belabor our issues here but th- there's no image loading for me when i click on this line oh well that's literally the entire point so yeah <laughs> um uh how do i it seems like maybe i have to I- i'm 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 not signed into reddit i don't know if i have a reddit account oh it's probably for the best because only five percent of it's okay i have i have far too many distractions in my daily life i don't need reddit to be one of them i trust that my circle of friends including you will surface things to me as i need to see them on reddit yeah just like i use twitter for five minutes a day and you tell me the important stuff i will send you the one percent of reddit that's acceptable yeah exactly um oh no there we go so we have talked about i think this has been an online conversation um of 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 restaurants like the the coffee shop i like in berkeley um i think i brought it up where they use mason jars for uh iced coffee drinks sure and i think this is the worst logical extension of that so you 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 can describe it because i'm too mad so this is some kind of cocktail i'm guessing um maybe like a some kind of like strawberry margarita or something something that's got like a a faint pink hue to it Mm -hmm. and it's inside of what you would probably otherwise describe as a mason jar if it weren't for the fact that it has a large Tostitos 
chunky salsa label on it. So this is an old salsa jar, evidently, that's now been repurposed as a cocktail glass. Yeah. This is not good. No. I think mediocre restaurants... Like they they have run out of gimmicks to use, and like the, like on the on the we want plate, plate subreddit, there are people putting food in, like hanging bacon from clotheslines. They're serving food in dog bowls, like but but serving cocktails in a used salsa jar, is just it's it's just beyond the pale. It's beyond the jar. I mean, I don't I don't know what people are doing these days. <sighs> I have to I have to say this is another sign that i'm getting old is there was a period of time where i was really into kind of obscure weird cocktails i would always make it a point if i was at a bar that i hadn't been to before or a restaurant and they had kind of a gimmicky cocktail i would always make it a point to order that and now i feel like the rare occasion where i do that i'm just i'm always just disappointed and i just wish i would have ordered an old-fashioned most definitely. So, so now that's just kind of what I stick with. And now that bars basically everywhere cocktails are fourteen to eighteen dollars now, in any like large metro area, it's it's a, it's a big gamble. Yep. Um. Also, I was just I thought you were just going to say that like your your usual is just like uh, skim milk and fireball. Or no, no, I left that I left that behind in college. <laughs> yeah. All right, where do you do you have a? I know you're not. I mean, you're not like a you're not a huge drinker or anything. But do you have a like a a drink that you used to like that now now you probably wouldn't order or have? No, because I started drinking later in life, or like I was just never. I was never like I never drank in high school. I very rarely in college, and also I just I just never was in like a circle of friends where drinking was um like a party activity. So therefore I don't think that was ever a thing. Like when I was, yeah, that, that just never really occurred to me. Yeah. And I can't think of anything that was ruined for me. Like I think of, yeah, as I've, as I've gotten older, I, I'm more, um, willing to try like more adventurous wines and things like that. But otherwise, no, it's, it's, it's pretty, pretty typical and standard. Good for you. <laughs> what about you? So you're, uh, you are sworn off fireball and then what else? Actually fireball. I'll still, in the right moment have um captain morgan kind of left that behind what is that what type of it's like a spice spiced rum yeah yeah not mm. wouldn't wouldn't be super into that um any kind of vodka not not a, not, not a vodka guy if you, if you really mix it in a cocktail it's okay but um do people drink vodka just straight up oh yeah definitely yeah yeah, hard liquor just standalone is not. Mm. No, high end vodkas like that's definitely a, a big thing. And I, you know, with me, I'm I actually do like spirits, just uh, neat as they say in the in the profession. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Whiskeys, tequilas to an extent, but yeah, vodka and like spiced rum and stuff. It's not my thing. Yeah, used to be, but not anymore. Yeah, I'm fairly disconnected from like drinking culture. I don't know. Like I kind of like, I mean, in terms of like the John Gruber sense where they kind of like he's got that whenever I go to Philadelphia, if I ever do, 
because I'm not sure there's a whole lot there. Uh, there's that one guy who has like I think it's called Hop Sing Laundry. He's always talking about some uh, some bartender friend that he has. Like that seems like that might be something fun, but like I'm just not super plugged into that kind of thing. So therefore, just whatever ten to twenty five dollar wine is available at Safeway or Trader Joe's. That's that's that in moderation is kind of the gist of my thing. I uh, yeah, I, I I sort of dabble. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not some expert or anything. But. but again, just like you surface uh, Twitter content for me, if you can surface the best uh, yeah, liquors I'm willing to to try. But I'm not somebody who's going to gamble on like a $70 bottle of something that's um, that's questionable. No, I think the most expensive like wine I've ever bought was maybe a $60 bottle. Um, I don't think I don't think I've ever bought like a whiskey that's more than I don't know, forty or fifty dollars. Yeah. All right. Why is Slack telling me what time zone it is for you? That's not useful. Are, are you are you in a different time zone down there? It seems to think so because it's telling me it's ten o three where you are, and I think you're four miles away from me. Who knows? <laughs> uh, the latencies is very bad. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to the document. Um. Oh yeah, the the LG think something about oh hey it's, wow it's like we planned this. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on. What 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 is this clear ice thing? So we talked about my smart uh, washer and dryer, smart LG washer and dryer last week, which then kind of sent us down a bit of a tangent into the LG smart home ecosystem. Uh, and specifically, you what caught your eye was the their InstaView line of smart refrigerators. And so I think just hours after we recorded last week, LG announced a new version of their InstaView fridge. And the kind of headline feature of this one is that it has LG's exclusive craft ice which are the fancy circular ice cubes that you'll that you'll get in um cocktails sometimes um and i have um i have uh, a a few molds that will make these um which work fine but the the cool thing here is that this refrigerator like literally uh dispenses these on on uh demand which is which is pretty great so does it like most um refrigerators that have a built-in ice maker it's kind of got a repository like a little like miniature ice chest in it where all the created ice cubes go is that right yes so does this mean that your lg fridge with an android tablet built into it has like like a, a cartridge full of baseball sized circular ice cubes so i'm watching the video to refresh my memory here to see yes so it has a little tray that just has these available so if you live in the northeast and you're trying to have a a snowball fight with somebody this could be a bad investment <laughs> yes it seems like a like a, yeah it seems not ideal for it seems like it might be um dangerous to have like had to have like 12 year old kids or something have access to a bunch of really dense uh throwable ice that's like a baseball so so now my the, the moral of this is that um it's now my mission to find a refrigerator that has this capability that doesn't have the big ass android screen in the door because as as we discussed last week that has been 
that has been vetoed uh, from the house. Just put like a dog calendar in front of it. <laughs> um, or just put, I don't know. Put this in Gadget article. Uh, as the takeout notes, since ice melts when exposed to air or liquid, you should what? Uh, okay, I'm sorry. Science. Eh, technology run amok. Forty four hundred dollars. Yeah, well, that's that's the other wrinkle. <laughs> bearing the lead. What? Yeah, that's the other wrinkle with these LG refrigerators is they are very very expensive, which is which is funny because like the part of the appeal of the washer and dryer that we bought was that they were actually quite affordable. But that does that does not hold true apparently with uh, with their refrigerators. Like usually, I'll walk through the like, but like as you're wa- tra- walking to find like house or like um, hardware stuff at Home Depot, like you'll pass by all the fancy appliances. I I actually don't know how much a, a, a good refrigerator costs these days. I always thought it was like a fifteen hundred dollar thing. Is that the ballpark? Uh, it's funny you ask. So we we are kind of in the <laughs> it's like you planned it. Uh huh. We're kind of in the early stages of a kitchen remodel, and you know we we started looking at appliances a little bit, and the price range on refrigerators is is extraordinary. Like it's crazy. You can get something for less than a thousand dollars. You can get refrigerators that are over ten thousand dollars. I mean, it's. And these are all like this is just from casually browsing, even just like Home Depot. So that's you know that's setting aside like specialty appliance stores and all that. So there's a there's a range. So forty four hundred dollars is I would imagine well above average, but it's not unusual. Or you can just yell like uh, Alexa, buy me a refrigerator, confirm, and then just... <laughs> hopefully people are listening on speaker, right? Uh, confirm. So, uh, actually, have you ever used your, uh, your Alexa to buy something? So I did when, so a friend had told me about this trick where, remember, you know how Amazon has those add-on items that you have oh, to Oh, the then, like $4, yeah, you must attach it to a $25 or more order. Yeah. So there was, um, I don't know if it was a loophole or if it was just a way of promoting lady in a can ordering. But it used to be where you could order those items using the lady in a can and they it would ship it to you for free without meeting the spend requirement. <laughs> spend requirement? So so that's um <laughs> like it was an Amex platinum card. Jeez. Yeah. So that's the uh that's the only time that I've ever used that. Got it. Yeah, I just don't trust it because I'm like same it's the same reason where sometimes like if if I'm buying something that's like of that's not from Amazon. I don't like using the mobile website. I use a full computer because I just don't trust it. Because I feel like there's some something in their like uh, responsive web page that's not going to load properly, and it's going to like ship to Nebraska or something. It's much easier to do when you're reordering something. That that workflow kind of makes more sense when you're just ordering something for the first time. Though, yeah, it is a it is a bit weird. Yeah, but the problem with Amazon is because Amazon is so reliant, and I don't actually think we have this in the notes, and we probably won't get to it, but the whole like Amazon marketplace sketchiness. But there's so much stuff that's not actually shipped and sold by Amazon, and the price varies and fluctuates so wildly that I feel like it would be weird to say, like, Alexa, buy more simple human H-size trash can liners. But when you do that, it 
very explicitly tells you what the price is. Well, but here's the thing I wouldn't be able to like, cause the one thing I do like about Amazon is when you go to, cause I'm, I'm actually there right now and I look at something I've already bought, it will tell you, you purchased this on April 14th, 2019. And I can look at what the price was before just to see that it's not like some crazy price. Cause sometimes on Amazon, like something that's like normally costs like $12 just because like they're out of stock at the moment, like the algorithm will adjust it to be like $28. Like I find that a lot where I, I just, I wouldn't necessarily trust that unless like, that's the reason why I think Amazon's never going to be like, people aren't going to buy all the stuff they would buy at target from it because the pricing fluctuates too much. Like I can walk into a target and no matter like if there's a sale or a cartwheel offer or something like that, like I can reasonably think that like easy off and, um, like Listerine is going to be in the ballpark of price that it normally is. And there's not going to be some day where an algorithm thought, okay, um, we're running low. This should cost 75. There's like there's surge pricing on Listerine. <laughs> so like, I, that's the thing where, yeah, I, it's going to take a while for me to ever get on board with um, voice ordering, unless there's a way to like have it. Cause like they've, they've, they keep advocating that um, you turn on brief mode on uh the echo devices like if there's a way for them to have like verbose mode where it was like oh yeah you can you can buy this the last time you bought it it was 28 dollars. the price has dropped or whatever like i would i would do that but currently i'm too much of an old person to to get on board with that yeah but i, I think ordering stuff with your voice is sort of like doing things on the ipad where why i mean why <laughs> wouldn't i just go to my mac and do it it's going to be way faster Oh, you're gonna get letters from the iPad people. IPad people. <laughs> I mean, I just, I just, I, I legitimately really can't think of a use case other than to skirt the thirty-five dollar minimum or whatever it is on add-on items, where ordering with my voice would be a better or faster experience than just going to my computer and yeah. ordering. I will say that the Amazon iOS app has gotten pretty damn good. It, it, it's it's very good, yeah. It used to feel like just like this hodgepodge and shoestring thing of um, or like tied together with Twine uh, of like uh, like HTML five like web views, and now it doesn't feel that way. If like I know it's not a native app in that sense, but it's actually pretty solid. The great thing about it is being able just to order things as you think of them. So you don't even have to, you know, do the thing where it becomes an omnifocus task and then you order when you get back to your computer. It's just you think of something and, you know, boom, you can just order it right there. Yeah. And then to be fair and balanced, the counterpoint, uh, BuzzFeed had a huge article about the questionable practices of Amazon's uh, shipping operation. And there's also all that marketplace sketching. There's the uh, there's a lot of great parts about Amazon, but there's also a lot of weird stuff, which we won't get into this week, but, you know, context. Oh, how do we get started on this? Oh, smart fridges. Okay. So you, let's talk about, this, this is related. Um, you, uh, I connect you, which is an app, which was a former chef special, um, an app that I actually, I only ever use to adjust how my dimmer switches work. I, like I never actually use it for interacting with the lights. Uh, apparently, they updated it to include something that's important to you. Well, yeah. So I, I use it in a similar way where it's not an app that I'm in every day, but because I treat my Hue lights as something that, you know, you you tweak a little bit in the beginning and then you set them and then you, you just kind of you let them do their thing. I'm not like always, you know, adjusting stuff. Um, 
but they they have now added support for that uh, Lutron Aura smart switch that I got a month or two back, which I'm still really really liking. I, I think it's I think it's still my favorite Hue switch. Um, so it, it's nice to be able to um, customize it a bit more using iConnect Hue because what you can do in the native Philips Hue app is fairly limited with it. But with the iConnect Hue app, you can um, set quite a few more additional options with you know multiple presses on the main button, and you can adjust what the um, dimmer does. It's um, it's it's just it's nice to see them continuing to adopt even like third party devices, which is something that they started doing a while back um and they've they've seemingly kind of really accelerated the pace at which they start to support this this new stuff as it starts to get sold yeah that's good uh i appreciate that there's a fairly robust um like third-party hue um software ecosystem so solid the one thing this is totally unrelated but i that i found is um for out of home uh light control which i don't which I use maybe once a month. Um, uh, it it the odd thing is that compared to the Philips Hue app, actually use uh, controlling that stuff th- remotely through the um, uh, companion Amazon Alexa app is actually way better. Hmm. Yeah i I haven't had any trouble with um, my my Hue app controlling lights remotely. I also don't do that very often, but. But I haven't had any trouble doing that. Yeah, I think um, like I just use it so infrequently. Like, so I was on a run, and I forgot why I wanted to turn on the lights remotely. Or I think I like it just it got really late, and I hadn't accounted for the fact that like the sun no longer sets at like eight forty five. That I wanted the lights to be on, and I opened up the Hue app, and that said your um like your Hue connectivity will be limited until you do a software update. Except like I'm not at my house, so I can't do a fudging software update. So the app just didn't let me really do anything. And the workaround to that was just to use the Echo app. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Uh, let's do a little bit of media stuff. Uh, this should be quick hits. Uh, you are a founding member of the uh, the Disney Plus um, crowdfunding campaign. I'm in the the founder circle. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you get a ring? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I si- I signed up for that that Disney Plus deal. What was the deal? The, you, how much? How much? What's the total cash outlay for three years? It's like around one hundred and fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. So you ba- basically got—I'm going to say it correctly this time—you basically get three years for the price of two. <laughs> you didn't edit it out last week, right? No, of course not. Okay. Good. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, I'm sure Bob Iger will send you a check for if, if Disney Plus is successful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. I think I got an equity stake in it too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. I still have the Tostitos thing open, and the worst part is that there's a paper straw in the in the jar. Ugh. It's gonna be drinkable for like forty five seconds. We can't. We can't talk about paper straws. We, can, we just can't. Uh, we can talk about paper rings. Mm. Ooh, wow! Mm. Wasn't even planning it. Wow. Okay, that's also on this list. So you, I think we had talked. I talked briefly about. Oh, we we talked about the uh, economics of Taylor Swift. Um, and why, and that she was doing streaming and not trying to do the things she's done in the past where, um, uh, her, a new album is released and it's digital download for purchase only and streaming doesn't happen until 
like three or six months later and then she did an apple music exclusive and stuff like that uh so yeah we talked about that and i gave the album a pretty good review not that my opinion actually matters but you took a long labor day drive and you and the uh, special lady friend uh have some thoughts it's an excellent album Mm -hmm. there's there's nothing bad that can really be said about it it it's really really good we listened to it on the drive up to where we were headed off to for the weekend and then pretty much had it on continuously for the rest of the weekend good yeah it's it's a good song there's there's uh i think six like uh what what will become very solid singles and absolute winners probably another six songs that are solid and eh, a few mad ones but whatever yeah but that's you know that's the structure of every good album yeah and also 18 is it aren't there usually only like 20 uh 20 only 12 songs on an album this is 18 yeah it's 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 yeah it's long yeah yeah but yeah it's really good paper paper rings is it's amazing yeah that's yeah that's uh, it's number four it's good so give what's your number one oh uh, cruel summer yeah that one's pretty good that one's been stuck in my head probably the most mm-hmm. uh and, and that one the one about uh i forgot you existed is uh it's growing on me yeah that's i think that's the the first track i we're never gonna talk about the stuff we need to talk about but i always just listen to every album on shuffle i don't listen to them in order ever yeah we we listen to it in order the first time through but it's been on shuffle since yeah do you do you think that artists actually care or that there's like actually a specific ordering to it or is that more of a thing from a from a, a lost era i think with some albums maybe there are if they're is supposed to be with this one i didn't pick up on anything um listening to it you know straight through so it i guess it probably just differs by the album yeah uh so yeah people should go listen to that and um yeah uh we talked about this last week as well untitled goose game the um house house and panic uh joint project uh will be available on mac nintendo switch and something called a windows pc uh from wait the epic game store oh it's not gonna be a direct download a few very few games these days are direct downloads usually you're going through some storefront Hmm. okay well anyway i hope i hope it's uh hope it's 64 bit it was is that a transition i'm not seeing uh no it's just there 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 has been some stories going out about how with um what's the next version of catalina is is that the next version of mac os yeah we really we probably won't talk about it but they're they're scaling back a lot of the ambitious stuff that they were doing like the uh app notarization stuff because apparently they're they're behind on a lot of things where they're relaxing their big ideas yeah but that that's that's actually not what i'm referring to though this is the uh discontinuation of support for 32-bit apps and as far as i know that's not oh is that a hard cutoff yeah Mm. Um, and there's, there's been some analysis done around that. And one of the categories that's going to get hit the hardest is games because I guess a lot of games, maybe even like modern games aren't really uh, targeted at 64 bits. So, um, I mean the Mac, which (laughs) is already not exactly a thriving platform for games is I think going to kind of suffer a bit of another setback here. Oh, you stole the joke. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Like yeah there there is no gaming to be had on the mac really except like firewatch was available for it well but it's but it's i feel like there's 
there's been some steps in the right direction, like Steam coming out on the Mac's been good, and... Yeah, but Steam's a non-Retina app. Eh, well, yeah, but there's that big redesign coming later this month, so that might, I don't know, that might actually improve things on the Mac, too. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. Anyway, so I'm excited about that September 20th. It's only 15 bucks. It should be a really fun, uh, frivolous game, and yeah, I'm excited. All right, so big stuff. This will actually be probably pretty short before we get into all the Apple things. So uh, Mike Isaac's book, uh, Super Pumped, is now out as of September 3rd. Uh, We are not industry insiders, so we did not get an advanced copy like (laughs) literally everybody else in Silicon Valley. Um, So yeah, so I have it on on my Kindle. It's been a busy few days, so I have only read a couple of chapters, but it's been very, very good so far, so... Yeah, I'm excited about it. Happy for him. I'm always happy when just kind of also kind of like the the Theranos thing where John Kerry ruined the Wall Street Journal. Like I I, I appreciate when um, strong, solid reporting and um, ample criticism of um, Silicon Valley, which always has this weird attitude towards like fuck the haters who are trying to um, to slow you down as you change the world, even though a lot of times whatever you're doing is bullshit. Like, I appreciate the investigative reporting that keeps, um, that increasingly is keeping Silicon Valley in check. Yeah, I guess I purposefully have been, I mean, it's not like there's not spoilers in the book per se, but I've been kind of. Um, <laughs> what happens with Travis? <laughs> right. I've been sort of purposefully, you know, not wanting to know too much about the direction the book was going. Uh, but But Mike was on. The daily last week and that was sort of the the first um indication that i had had that the book focused a lot on sort of just the the culture around startups in the silicon valley so that's i'm i'm excited to get more into that now because i feel like a lot of the uber story's been told but it'll be interesting to see how he sort of connects it into some broader ideas just about how businesses like that work yeah, because it's it's kind of a it's a discussion of one both like well actually like I think it comes as like three things where um it's the whole move fast and break things and uh like you most tech companies think that they are um uh being stymied by old entrenched players and they're they should be able to operate in a really limited regulation world where they can do whatever they want because they're fixing everything. Um. And also his whole thing was kind of explaining in really simple terms, which I appreciated the whole Silicon Valley only really cares about scaling really, really quickly and achieving critical mass of users and profitability comes way, 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 way later, if ever. And also with that highlighting that um, most VCs don't actually give a shit if you actually make money as long as they get their 10 or 100 X exit they don't actually care. So I just put a link to the, in the notes to uh, the product page on Amazon, and you'll be happy to know that it is the number one bestseller in venture capital. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Mike, Mike, Mike Andreessen is, or Mark Andreessen is super fucking happy about that. Uh, I will also have you put a link to, uh, if you want to buy it at independent booksellers, you know, for some context against Amazon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, and also, if you can, just put more work for you. Can you put a link in the show notes for that episode of the Daily? Oh yeah, we we can we can make that happen. Yeah, 
It was really good. He was also in Marketplace. He's doing his press tour where he's on literally everything. Because uh, I woke up, he was on CNBC, and then he was on The Daily, and then he was on Marketplace the same day. And I was like, wow. Gotta hustle. Mm-hmm. Uh, side hustle, you might say. Mm. Um, related to Uber, uh, the um, Washington Post has uh, some internal um, data that they got that basically the whole uh, Dara Kajraswahi is your friend uh, media blitz isn't really working and um, that post delete Uber uh, hashtag campaign it's it's not really recovered I mean I feel like I've sort of been on this from the beginning where I like I thought those ads that they put out right after he started were just they were just bad like they they were really just about him and they didn't really tell me anything about like what the company was doing. So I, I'm not, I'm not surprised by this at all. Yeah. But what are they going to say? Well, I bet. Like this can't be I like, mean, you know, like remember like when Domino's was like, we're making better pizza. Like I know it's not a fair comparison, but they can't say, Oh, we are making our drivers employees and we have raised driver payouts or we are committed to your like safety. Like they can't say any of that. Cause none of it's true. <laughs> so I'm not really sure what they can do other than doing vague branding messages. Because otherwise, if you like, I honestly think you have like, do you think anybody outside of like Manhattan and the San Francisco Bay Area knows about like Uber's uh, toxic bro culture? Like, I really don't think it actually broke out that far, right? Um, I don't know. I think it I think it's broken out some. I don't it's not top of mind, like across the entire country, I don't think. But but I I think it's out there. And also, do you remember, and this, this isn't like a quiz, but like, do you remember what, why, what was the impetus uh, or like the inciting event of like hashtag delete Uber? What was the specific controversy? I mean, <laughs> I don't remember the specific one because honestly, there were, there were too many of them over such a short period of time. Oh, it's the gray lady. And it's also Mike, uh, Mike Isaac. So what you need to know about hashtag delete Uber uh, but it doesn't like that I'm an in, in an incognito window. Uh, oh, it was, wow. Okay, it was um, something where there was the refugee ban, and then a bunch of people were taking Uber to the airport, and then there was a surge. Pr- oh, man. I forgot about that. So you can, Oh, you can put a link. Uh, let me send this over to you. Yeah, it was, it was when everyone was going to airports to protest uh, the initial version of Trump's travel ban. And then um, a bunch of high-profile airports had like 5X surge pricing as you were trying to get there. Classy. Jeez, I would have I would have guessed this happened like four years ago. No, two years ago. No. No. All right. So, and then the last thing... Uh, in the state of California, I haven't actually read too much about this, but both Uber, uh, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Uh, Uber, Lyft, and DoorDash are all spending a whole bunch of money, uh, $90 million in total, to fight against a possible California ballot initiative that would classify um, uh, the 529. What, 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 what's it called? Not 529. Oh, the, sorry, the 1099 uh, economy workers. Everybody who's classified as an independent contractor versus an actual employee. Uh, there's a California ballot initiative that is trying to get people um, 
or that's trying to change the contractor status that uh, eliminates the need to provide benefits or a lot of protections for employees that um, these gig economy companies are not subject to. Uh, so that will be in the show notes as well. Already there. All right. Uh, Apple's event for the their September event for new iOS devices is coming up on, is it the 10th? It's 10th. Yes, it's All right. uh, less than a week away. So this is our, or sorry, this is your last chance uh, to go <laughs> on the road. Because I, cause I, no, I don't want to be a Debbie Dent. Like, I just, I don't care. All I want is for them to introduce an iPhone with slightly better face ID so I can get rid of my iPhone 8. But otherwise, I'm, I think this is going to be a thing where they talk about Apple TV Plus and a whole bunch of stuff I don't care about and pat themselves on the back for just trying to get more money out of people. So what are what are you going to go on the record for as your predictions or your thoughts on what's coming with the new iPhone and what's going to what's going to happen on Tuesday? Well, so I'm just going to start with kind of the the simple stuff that I'm actually going to kick something back to you that I think is kind of an interesting discussion point. So uh, not breaking any new ground here, but three new phones, a 10R replacement, a 10S replacement and a 10S Max replacement, which will probably be called the iphone 11 the iphone 11 pro and the iphone 11 pro max which is uh, just such a dumb name um although i guess what i'm hoping for is just iphone 11 and then iphone pro with two different screen size dropping the max thing altogether. but but we'll see something like that phones will mostly be the same as what we know the 10r and then the 2s the 210s variants being today but with better cameras faster processor etc etc um but the thing i want to kick back to you now is so you've sat out the last couple of iphone cycles Mm -hmm. and better face id is almost a certainty there's there's been some pretty strong speculation around that and, and it's just it's kind of like just a logical thing to be in the next iphone so assuming that that pans out and that this new face id chip is as good or maybe even better than what's in the ipad pros what are you going to get i don't know like and it, and it probably comes through but i'm like really resentful is the wrong word but i i, I just dislike a lot of what modern apple's doing with the phones where like the whole unit shells are, unit sales are going to shrink, so therefore we're just going to jack up ASP as far as we possibly can. Like I just, I don't know. Like I kind of really, if the phone I want is over a thousand dollars, I don't want to buy it. So I don't know. Well, and, and kind of related, I, I think like the, the main thing I, I would assume that's kind of an issue for you is you are not a fan of these larger screen sizes. No, I think and, I think the the 10R is is too because I I use my phone one hand at a ton and the 10R is too big. The 10S is fine. I do wish it was a touch smaller. Um but yeah, so that rules out almost everything. But to see but then that's that's the tough kind of situation you're in then is you're basically going to have to spend more money to get a smaller screen size that you prefer. With a, what I, you know, with, you know, my hot take that I've kind of consistently had is with what I think is, is arguably an inferior screen technology too. I continue to really just not be a fan of these OLED screens. 
So I'm hoping that those are also improved, although I haven't seen any reporting around that. Yeah, like I, I don't have strong opinions about the screen technology. I do like the really clear black level or the really um, the true black levels on uh, on the tennis and the 10. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I'm just I'm averse to the really high price of it. Like I'm willing to invest in technology, but I feel like the iPhones are just um, overpriced for no good reason uh, for the most part. Um, yeah, I don't know. Cause I would have to get the two fifty six of whatever it is. And I just, I don't feel like spending $1,100 on something that I think because they've taken away touch ID is objectively worse. And as somebody who's like, like, like I, I, I used to get excited about technology and have every generation of iPhone. And I just really don't like the new ones. Like I like the way the, um, like I like the quasi edge to edge screen that the iPhones have. Um, even though Samsung does it better. Uh, but I, I dislike the gigantic notch. Um, and I don't know. Yeah, Face ID isn't, uh, doesn't do it for me. So we'll see. Yeah, I, I had I'd forgotten too uh, until a recent episode of ATP what they did with storage capacity where <laughs> your choices... Oh, 64 or 256. Yeah, 64 to 256, which puts, I think, like everybody's in the same spot that Syracuse described, which is 64 is not enough. 256 is way too much. So, I mean, what are you going to do? And you, you're not going to want to run out of storage. So you're kind of left with just biting the bullet and getting the 256. But then with it, with the, I'm looking at the 10R. That's not the case. And it has a, it, that's where the 10R is insane because other than it being too big um, and coming in kind of kind of weird colors, like it's the wrong shade of blue and it doesn't come in orange. Um, and for you, it doesn't come in green. Uh, is that it's the most sensibly priced phone by a mile. It has the best battery life. You can get a 128 gig model for $799. Like to double your storage space is only $50. Like it's it's such a weird pricing strategy where that phone is very well priced. Um where for the 10S, you get a phone that has worse battery life and has uh worse biometrics. And the one I would want is eleven hundred and fifty dollars pre-tax. Like it's it's a it's a tough pill to swallow. And I don't think it's gonna get any better. And Apple is going to cherry pick a bunch of um, unrealistic because uh, like the whole thing about this year is that like there's very little to report on um, any hardware changes. This is going to be very much like an iPhone seven year where it's basically the same recycled design for the third year in a row where they're going to lean into it being a better camera and they're going to cherry pick a bunch of weird demos where the camera is slightly better than it was. They might do the thing that Jason and, and, and Upgrade is, is um, hypothesizing where, sure, it has a triple camera array, which knowing them, they're probably going to only put on the max model. Um, and it like it takes a picture with all lenses while you take a picture. And if you want to zoom out, you can. Like, I mean, that that's cool. But also, like, that's, I think it's just going to be a really boring year. And they're not going to fix a lot of stuff that I think is kind of fundamentally weird about the iPhone. Because I think a ton of people are like me that are just holding off and upgrading just because just whatever. So I think the reporting actually some real time follow up here has been that both the uh, smaller iPhone 11 pro and the bigger one will both have the, the three lens system similar to how the, the camera system in the 
uh 10s and 10s 10s max is exactly the same Hmm. like that sounds sensible but just because that was their playbook for the 7 and 7 plus for such a while i just feel like apple would really want some differentiating feature to force somebody to a product that starts at eleven hundred dollars i think maybe if we were having this conversation before all of the leaks came out i I might agree with you but the the leaks have been pretty solid that that's not going to be the case well but they doubled down on secrecy so literally it's that's all fake news yeah um so my my biggest issue so yours is kind of the the screen size thing and it's slash price which are you know kind of related to one another my thing that's going to be just kind of devastating is i think the iphone 11 so that the 10r replacement all of the the rumors have been that it is going to be available in some shade of green and that's always been kind of my my white whale or green whale as it were is it was a green iphone and it's it's just it's going to be such a bummer when there's going to be this cool looking green iphone but the one that i'm going to actually want is going to come in the same boring shades of silver some variant of gray or white Mm -hmm. oh well well yeah because pro is only yeah professionals are boring yeah and also yeah i I really hope they revamp um whatever they consider being white and silver wait which color phone do you have i always get the space gray yeah because the white and silver one looks like dirty dishwater and i uh, but that's the best color because the um like also, and I also actually, I, I don't like the color. I there's I don't like anything about the ten and the ten S because the space gray color is not black enough. It's kind of this weird dark gray where like I don't I don't see how that fits the aesthetic of space gray that they've had in the past. The white one is a nice stainless steel outer rim and like dirty dishwater white, and then the gold is kind of this weird just like odd pinkish copper color. Like, none of the colors on the 10s look good. Whereas, I don't know. Yeah. It it seems really strange that Apple's not going to bring all the colors to all the various models. I don't know if it's just literally a production thing or what, but it, it really does seem like, especially considering that they're recycling basically the same hardware for a third year in a row, that a way to kind of gin up sales a bit would be to offer them in... A bunch of new colors i'm I'm really surprised they're not doing that well because that's the thing because it's the signification of of being and being able to show that you have the new thing where if you're making basically the same thing for the for the third generation in a row if people know oh yeah all the cool colors are only on the 2019 model like that's an easy way for people who want to kind of show that type of thing off of just making in different colors like that seems like the easiest way to to drive sales yeah, so it's weird they're not going to do that, but yeah. Oh, oh well. Um. Okay, so yeah, so uh, okay, that's that's basically iPhones. So what 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 else do you think happens in this event? So it kind of the the latest reporting has been not a lot else. We might get some new materials with the Apple Watch. Um, and it may or may not be referred to as the series five. Um, we might get sleep tracking as a surprise announcement as part of watch OS six. 
I haven't been hearing a lot of chatter around the 16-inch MacBook Pro. It seemed like for a while that that was going to be bundled into this event, but the rumors around that have cooled off a little bit, and now now there's some more signs pointing to maybe another event in October that's going to be Mac and iPad-focused. Um, so it kind of seems like we might just be getting the iPhone some minor revisions around the Apple Watch and Watch OS. And then I assume a lot of talk around the services stuff. Like I assume that we'll get pricing and a release date for Apple Arcade. I assume we'll get some more detailed launch plans for Apple TV Plus, which may or may not get into pricing. Um if they do decide to just talk about everything with Apple TV Plus, dates, pricing, lineup, etc., I assume we'll get a lot of that at the event. And I think that's going to be kind of it. Like I'm 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 100% expecting the headlines next Tuesday to be all around how it was such an underwhelming Apple event. Like I, I, I see those headlines now. You can just start start writing them up. Maybe, yeah. I, I think that's fair. Well, so I, I guess the follow up question is: Do you think um, is there an October event? Like, is there anything else before Christmas? I so I, I up until a few weeks ago thought that we would just see the 16 inch MacBook Pro at this event, and that would be kind of it for the year but i guess there's a there's a lot of reporting now around like new ipad pro hardware which that's that still doesn't seem right to me because i don't i don't remember the last time that apple updated ipad hardware within a 12 month cycle like that they've seemed like they've gotten away from that so to, to pick that back up seems kind of odd um but if you assume that they're gonna do the 16 inch macbook pro not at this event it seems like that's a device that's that's not a press release. It seems like that's probably going to be something they'd want to uh, build a presentation around. So I could see something in October where it's it's that it's the pricing and release date for the Mac Pro. It's like, hey, here the online configurator is ready for you. Um, here's the new iPad Pros. Yeah, I, I could see that being an event in October. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see. Because the iPad update, like, it really seems like it's just probably a processor bump. Like, they're obviously there's no way they're going to redesign the hardware on it. Well, no, I mean we we would have we would have heard about that by now. So, I mean, no, I think it's yeah, just probably a a, a speed bump. Which just it just seems odd because the current iPad Pros are they still have a lot of headroom. So, I'm not really sure what the what the urgency is around updating those, but that's the rumor. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, if I do, you want to place a bet on it? Whether there's an October event? Yes. No, it's that's that that part of it. I don't. Um, I don't have a great sense around that. Mm. Well, I want to bet something. <laughs> uh, I bet you the cost of a fridge. I bet you. I bet you one perfectly round ice cube. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I'm erring on the side of no. 
Like, I feel like there's not a whole lot for them to talk about because unless like, what are they going to do? They're going to talk about Apple t- because every Apple, like, it seems like they're trending up. Like we're WWDC keynotes are two hours and 30 minutes now. And pretty much every iPhone event for the past few years has been at least two hours or right around two hours. Like, what are they going to do? They're going to talk about Apple TV plus for 20 minutes, given up uh, uh, an update on Apple retail for 10, talk about Apple arcade for 15 and somehow make phones that are barely any different take an hour so no i think i think if they go really deep into the apple arcade pricing and launch date and the apple tv plus pricing and launch date i think if they if they really want to just lay that all out at this event they will spend a lot of time on both of those i think with apple arcade we will see three to four game demos oh no We'll see a walkthrough of the, um, it's not really the store, but kind of like the main UI. Inevitably, there's probably going to be some type of like friends list or social element to it, which they're going to want to show off. Called Pong. (laughs) And then with Apple TV Plus, again, assuming that they want to use this event as kind of the, the true launch of it they'll talk a ton about the original shows that they're going to have. They'll talk about if they're going to do the bundling thing, they'll talk about what all those options are. Like they're, they're going to, they'll easily spend half an hour on each of those easily, if not more. And that's, I mean, then you, you, then you add in the, the watch and iPhone and retail update stuff. And that's, that's easily two hours. Mm, Maybe. Uh, last thing on Apple, and this this is actually totally unrelated to everything. Do you think, because um, they're going to talk about the iPhone upgrade program probably, given that Apple TV Plus is probably not ready for launch yet? Like, cause did they say before the end of the year or did they say early next year? Uh, no, it, it's going to be um, either October or November. Do you think they make any adjustments? To, so at this event, do you predict that they make any adjustments to the Apple TV, or sorry, the um, What's it called uh, the iPhone upgrade program to include a suite of services, whether it be more iCloud storage, Apple, uh, Apple Arcade or Apple TV Plus. Or do you think they announce any adjustments to Apple Music to include a, basically is does any bundling happen? Will they talk about a bundle that includes Apple Music and Apple Arcade and Apple TV? And will they have that rolled into I, uh, iPhone upgrade program or neither? So I think I think that's possible some type of like iphone upgrade program plus services bundle i think on paper sounds like a really plausible and kind of reasonable thing what throws me off though is a point that jason made during the iphone event uh, upgrade draft episode this week which really kind of like resonated with me is he was talking about whether apple's going to do bundles or not and he was saying that he kind of tends to think they're not going to do bundles now because they're going to be so prideful of how great each of these services are that they're not going to want to have them viewed as like pack-in items into some general bundle. Like they want them to stand on their own. And that when, when he said that, I was like, yeah, that is actually something that Apple would totally do. And then you couple that with, you know, their um, unquenchable thirst for services revenue. 
Like, why would they discount prices and bundle stuff? They're going to just say, hey, pay us 10 bucks for Apple TV Plus. Let's go. Because all of eight people will subscribe to it? Yeah, but I think that's like Apple's not afraid to at least try that. I mean, it's, this is the company that came out with a $350 semi smart speaker when the going rate for those things is, you know, a hundred to 150 bucks. Wait, I can get those on eBay for $150. Maybe I'll just do that. Well, I know I'm actually referring to like the Sonos one and all the lady in a can devices and you know, all the actual like legitimate smart speakers that are, you know, half the price. Yeah. I want my own pods. Is that a serious thing? You yeah, mentioned this offline. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Okay. Um, well, we're, we're, we're running long, so. It'll, it'll be fast. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay. So no bundles. I, I, I think you're wrong. Like, I, I just think even if it's not bundled in the iPhone upgrade program, I really think they have to have something where arcade music and, and TV are all together. There needs to be an Apple Media bundle. Even if it's not like a... $50 gets you the latest iPhone music and like it gets you all of Apple. I don't know. I I I don't think it stands on its own. So I'll revise this a little bit and say that if you assume that Apple Arcade is like 5 bucks a month, music is 10 and Apple TV Plus is 10. Yeah, I think a $20 bundle totally makes sense. Yeah, but I could see them doing like a 22.99 bundle or something where No, I I know. I could see that where like the um or I could actually I could also see where it's news arcade. Oh god, I forgot Apple News is still a thing. <laughs> music and Apple TV Plus like all four which would be 35 if you assume 10 for everything except arcade which would be 5. I could see them doing that for like maybe 30 bucks. Like I could basically I could see them if they do decide to go the bundle route the savings from it being a bundle being very very small. Nobody would subscribe to a $30 bundle that requires you to buy Apple News. I'm I'm not I'm not throwing out ideas as to what I think people are going to be interested in. I'm just throwing out ideas as to what I think Apple's going to do. There's a meeting where there's no bad ideas. Like I definitely think that uh, you know the Disney Plus strategy is going to be to launch this thing at a ridiculously low price, get people hooked, and then slowly raise the price. I think Apple is going to take the exact opposite approach and basically see how much they can charge for these services and then kind of lower accordingly, which is a really dumb idea, I think, but I I think that's what they're going to do. I'd be very, very surprised if Apple TV is anything less than $10 a month. Yeah. And if and if it is, I, that will be just one of the most hilarious announcements that a technology company has made. Ooh, that's a ooh, that's that's a that's a tall can of worms. Um. Okay, so we will push the Kindle stuff until next week because I do actually want to talk about that. Um. Yeah, okay, let's talk about the uh, the HomePod thing real quick, and then we'll just do stuff special. And, we'll do, and next, actually, no, next week will not be a slow week, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, but I still want to talk about the Kindle stuff. But maybe need to, maybe I'll read a book on it this week, and I'll marinate on it. Uh, yeah, I kind of want HomePods. Maybe you can, you can you can solve a problem for me. I want, even though I live in a small apartment, I want whole home or whole apartment audio. And I can't figure out a way to do it since I live in a mostly Apple ecosystem. You know what I mean? So what's wrong with the Sonos one? Because I can't airplay to it. 
You get, can you? It's, it supports AirPlay too. Of course it does. But can I do whole home AirPlay? Yes. Well, that, that's that's part of the AirPlay two spec. So like, because my main thing is I want to have have my phone and have it so I can have a speaker in my bedroom, the kitchen, and the living room. Where like I have a nice sound bar in the living room and it's kind of centrally located where I can still hear stuff. But like, I would just like it to be evenly spread out through the house. Yes. And the HomePod felt like that was the no the the Sonos the Sonos one you can use in a multi room or yeah multi room setup without ever even going into the Sonos app. Can you? Is there a way to specify volume independently? Yes. That's also part of the AirPlay two spec. So you can have volume synchronized between all of the all of the devices that you're airplaying to, or you can have the volume be independent on each device. Yeah, but I don't want a Sonos. Why? I don't know. I d- that's <sighs> that's not that's dumb, Carlos. Sure, but I forgot why I didn't like it. Oh <laughs> no, because like I thought, like I, I like I generally like I will think about an idea. And like evaluate it and then make a decision on it. Like this isn't irrational hatred. Oh, because Sonos refuses to support support Bluetooth. Uh there um But it's not out but it's not out yet. Yeah, but it sounds like it's it's pretty close. Well yeah, so that's the thing where like I, I Sonos' thing like the reason I don't like Sonos is that like their stuff is actually pretty nice and the sound quality is solid. But they always try to make you do everything through the Sonos app. Like if you want to play Pandora. No, but that's that's what I'm that's what I'm saying though. With AirPlay 2 support, like I never open the Sonos app because you don't need to. Any app that supports AirPlay, which is basically every music app. Well, does it isn't AirPlay a system-wide thing? It doesn't basically every app have to support yeah, it. I guess I guess a... that's yeah, I guess that's true now, huh? So, yeah, you never have to use the Sonos app. So did the I remember Dave Zatz was talking about it. There was supposed to be a second-gen Sonos Play 1. Is that out yet, or is that the hypothetical thing you're talking about? The Sonos Play 1 is different than the Sonos 1. No, no, Sonos Play 1. The first one that had the um, the Echo voice assistant thing. No, that's the Sonos 1. The Sonos Play 1 does not have any of the Lady in a Can stuff, and I don't think it has AirPlay stuff either. Okay, so well, there's supposed to be a second, there's supposed to be a second generation Sonos one that has like a much faster processor, like something that's supposed to be. There's like, a yeah, there's there's a second generation Sonos one, so a second generation of the speakers that I have that yeah have some some kind of internal upgrade of some some kind. Yeah, so should I wait for that? Well, no, that's that's been out for a while. If you go to if you buy a Sonos one, I think that's what you're getting now. So will it have Bluetooth? Is that a feature they're going to they're going to light up at an, at another time, or is that also just not going to be there? That will. I, I don't think that's no. I don't think there's like a Bluetooth chip or anything in these things. But why? Why do you want Bluetooth? I just I like it. But okay. <laughs> like I just like being able to see, like because that was one thing that even though this is something I always used to do on my Echo, like before I had a sound bar. Like in my previous apartment, I would like that. Like if I was just listening to a podcast, I could out loud say, "Voice assistant, connect to my phone," and it would just do it. And there wouldn't be me futzing around with any menus. Like that's the one thing where I have like a nice sound bar, and but whenever I want to connect to it, I either have to go grab my Harmony remote, or I have to go on my iPhone and go to settings, Bluetooth, Bose Sound Touch three hundred or whatever. Like and those are three steps I just don't want to do. And that's the nice thing where I, if I come home. But like from work, and I just want to like listen to 5:30. I can say Alexa, connect to my phone, 
and it just does it. And so that's where Bluetooth is nice. I don't know if you can do AirPlay stuff with uh, Siri. That's the thing where Bluetooth would be nice. And that's the thing I know Sonos One doesn't do. Because I actually think I actually tried it on yours. Because uh, I wanted to listen to a podcast and not on my phone speaker. And I was like, connect to Bluetooth. And she's like, I don't know how to do that. Or that's not supported here. Uh, but yeah, the Sonos One Gen 2 has Bluetooth low energy. But what does it actually... All Wait, that it only... Yeah, so BLE can be used for temporary communication between your phone and tablet to simplify first-time setup. BLE does not support audio streaming. Then what is the point? Why is that literally on your product page? Well, the initial setup with the Sonos One was a little bit finicky. So, but you only do it once. So even if it stinks, like that's yeah. Why, why even advertise that? That's a change, right? Who's who's using financing for a one hundred ninety nine dollars speaker? <laughs> Wait, uh, simple financing, set up a low monthly payment when you select Klarna at checkout. There are too many startups. Mm-hmm. Okay. You want to do chef specials? This is getting, this is taking a long time. Let's do it. <laughs> it's supposed to be a tight episode. All right. What'd you got? I'm going to double dip or triple dip because we had a, we, we had nothing last week, but you go first. So I've just, I just sent you mine. So I'm, I'm ripping this off, uh, from oh, it's pick this. on upgrade. So this is the. Two Towns Cider House Pacific Pineapple Cider. Am I over 21? No. <laughs> it takes me to PBS Kids. <laughs> this was a, a pick of Jason's on Upgrade, uh, which encouraged me to go out and buy a six-pack, uh, which you can just find at like your local Safeway or BevMo. And it, it is, it's excellent. Very, very good. And it, it's nice because it's only 12 grams of sugar, it's like got three ingredients and it's, it's only 5% alcohol. So, you know, it's nothing, nothing crazy. Um, and it's just, it's, it's light, it's tasty, good, uh, good beverage for summer in particular. Uh, cool. Yeah. I'm looking to see if they have any, if this was like spin drift and they had a bunch of cool flavors, but I can't, I can't tell what any of this is. I don't know what outsider means. So they um, they do have a lot of really, really interesting sounding flavors. Safeway only had this one, but um, it sounds like BevMo has like variety packs, which I have not looked at in person. But um, but yeah, there are there are some other flavors that I definitely want to try. Good. And I forget I couldn't tell if you were joking, but did you actually pair this with pineapple pizza or was that just a joke? I it, I didn't intend it to happen this way, but. I the first time I had it, yes, I did. I did have it with a uh, pepperoni and pineapple pizza. Oh dear. <laughs> oh, okay, so I have three. Um, is that even allowed? I I I think it is. I mean, this is this. I'm I'm catching up. Order, order. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta find that guy's name. Um. So yeah, so I, I got two food picks and an app pick. Which do you want first? Give me the food picks. Okay. Uh, let me find the link. The uh, there's been a really sad. Uh, there was a sad event that happened like four years ago, where Trader Joe's discontinued one of the, my favorite things, which was a tomato and pesto flatbread pizza. And I've always been bummed about it because the stuff, the, the, like the different things that they kind of introduced to take its place, um, in the the frozen food section have not have been underwhelming. They have this. Um, uh, burrata and prosciutto uh, flatbread that's fine, but it's not great. 
Um, so it's there's been kind of this tomato and pesto hole in my heart for a little bit. Uh, but Whole Foods has send you a link. Oh, of course it's available on Amazon. That that makes sense. <laughs> um, so they have a uh, Whole Foods 365 Everyday Value goat cheese and pesto thin crust pizza, and it tastes exactly the same as the Trader Joe's flatbread. And it is delicious. And I'm very, very happy I found it. Even though Whole Foods seems to be like post Amazon Whole Foods, like they're getting super aggressive where they're 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 like culling the SKUs that they have in store and they're discontinuing literally everything I like at there at, at that store. But this is the one thing that's still good there. So yeah, so this is great. And then also, there are. I think I think I've told you about these. Jesus, already. just just don't look at the nutritional facts. Hey, it's fine. Even if you eat the whole damn thing, it's only nine hundred uh, nine hundred and sixty calories. Don't look at the fat content. Don't look at any of that kind of stuff. Yeah, but if you if you look into the the fat content, it's sodium cheese. Oh wait, why is salt bad? Don't tell me. But but is is salt actually bad, or is it one of those? I mean, like everything in moderation, I think it's okay. But if you ninety percent of my saturated fat, God. If you have eighty percent of your daily intake in one sitting, it's, it's probably not great. Um, I'll just lie to myself and say that as long as I cut it cut it up into eight slices and only eat seven of them, it's, it's all good. Uh, it's like a line, <laughs> like the government lying to itself about deficit spending. Um, okay, so and then my other thing, which is also not healthy, apparently. Thanks for bringing that up. Uh, okay so this is i was very skeptical about these but they had them on sale at target so i i had to try them um submit the link so kind bar not cliff bars has this new thing called nut butter filled snack bars have you seen these so cliff Cliff has a version of this too, which I think I've mentioned on the show. You know, you know our policy on Cliff bars. I, I do, but the the nut butter ones are actually they're pretty good, and they're small. So yes, um, but and the, I guess these kind bars look pretty similar. So these are good. So they're only one point three ounces, and the um, serving size, like it, it, it's it's pretty darn small. And I like that they're not as like regular kind bars. It depends if you're in the mood for it, but they're kind of like they're not super chewy. Like they're kind of. It's it's a uh, it's a bunch of nuts and a little bit of like dark chocolate. It's not going to be, um, like a, a baby Ruth bar or something. But these things are great. They're fairly inexpensive. They taste they taste good. They're not that unhealthy for you. I mean, it's it's still basically a fun size candy bar. But it, I'm going to pretend it's health food. Uh, but yeah, these are these are delicious. So big thumbs up to that. And then the last thing is uh, there's an app called Hello Weather. So uh, we had talked about, I forget if this was online or offline, about the person in my neighborhood who has a weather underground connected um, uh, meteorological station that's broken and always shows uh, the temperature being like 10 to 15 degrees, uh, 10 to 15 degrees higher than it actually is. Um, so I had to finally delete, hashtag delete weather underground. Uh, and there's this new app, which, so first I tried, I was like, you know what? I purchased carrot weather a long time ago. Um, maybe it's gotten better. It hasn't. I still hate it. Even if you turn off the personality, I hate everything about it. I don't like the way it shows the information. It's just, it's, it's just too much. So there's this app called hello weather. That's perfect. 
it uses dark sky as the back end for it so all the data is super solid um it visualizes the weather in a really really easy to read way it shows you hourly stuff it shows you weekly forecasts really cleanly it's got kind of the whole ios 12 simple design aesthetic um it's great love it hmm. yeah i I still like Carrot Weather, and you can likewise use Dark Sky. In fact, I think it's the default source on Carrot Weather. Um, but this this also looks pretty nice. Yeah, when I reinstalled Carrot Weather, the first thing it says, "Welcome back, Meatbag," and I was like, "No, I'm I'm noping right out of this." <laughs> um, but yeah, and and it's a sustainable app because it's it's funded by a six dollar a year subscription, which I think is similar with. Carrot Weather, I think like Carrot Weather has like different tiers, but the main one is like five to seven dollars a year or something, right? Right. Yeah. 